Welcome to A Shower of Roses. I'm Jenna, your host. On this podcast, we read together the readings for the upcoming Sunday Mass in the Roman Catholic Church, so that when you walk into Mass on Sunday, you feel enlightened and empowered with the knowledge of the Gospel that you need to have a meaningful and personal experience with Christ every week. I'm Catholic, but you certainly don't have to be to listen to this podcast. The Gospel is for anyone, anywhere, at any state of life. We're so glad you're here. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Sock Religious. You guys have heard me talk about Sock Religious before, but I just wanted to share with you some of the awesome products I've gotten from them over the past few months. My husband got me for Christmas a pair of Our Lady of Guadalupe socks, and I absolutely love them. They are perfect for wearing under my boots that I wear to work all the time. They are super soft and well-made. And for our uh, Valentine's Day, I got my husband this t-shirt, super soft, that says, first things first, I'm the realist. And it has a picture of the monstrance with the Eucharist in it. I absolutely love it. And I also got him an adorable pair of St. Joseph socks for the year of St. Joseph. So there's all of that and so much more at SockReligious.com. If you use the code ROSES at checkout, you'll receive 10% off your order. That is SockReligious.com. Use the code ROSES at checkout. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Hallow. Hallow is the number one Catholic prayer and meditation app. I have been using Hallow for several months. I was a little skeptical at first because I wasn't really into praying with apps or my phone, but Hallow has changed all of that. It has become a keystone in the way that I pray all day, every day. I start off my day with a minute meditation. My husband and I end the day with a sleep meditation or an examine and there's all of that and so much more content in the Hallow app and I am partnering with Hallow to give you a free trial of all their fabulous content if you go to hallow.com slash shower of roses that's h-a-l-l-o-w dot com slash shower of roses Welcome back to the podcast. Today we're going to be reading the readings for April 11th, 2021, the second Sunday of Easter, also known as Divine Mercy Sunday. The first reading is from Acts chapter 4, verses 32 to 35. The community of believers was one of heart and mind, and no one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but they had everything in common. With great power the apostles bore witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great favor was accorded them all. There was no needy person among them, for those who owned property or houses would sell them, bring the proceeds of the sale, and put them at the feet of the apostles, and they were distributed to each according to need. So we read here about the, really the original church as it, as it just organically formed as a result of the apostles' evangelization. 
And I think it's just a really beautiful concept for us to come back to as church today and say, you know, we don't have to obviously be doing things exactly as they were done in the in the first days of the church, but this is the church, the apostolic church, right? The church started by the apostles because of Jesus. And so what a beautiful concept and idea for for the church to not just be the church that you go to on Sunday, but that's your community, that's your neighbors. These are the people that you really live among. And again, you know, praise be to God, the Catholic Church has grown so much that this is not really realistic. But what would the church be like is if if we believed that we had everything in common, that everything I have also belongs to the other people, you know, in my parish or in my community? Um, what would the church be like if there was no needy person among us because we would all just take care of each other's needs? And my money is your money and... And, you know, my, this bed is, is not just my bed, it's the bed of whoever needs it, like whatever. And I'm not suggesting, you know, um, this kind of political regime where we, you know, everything is common among each other, but just like, I think this is something good for us to reflect on is, is what would church be like? What would church be like if we were truly living this way that, you know, the the very first uh, Christians were living and if what would it be like if we really took care of our neighbor in Christ and our brother and sister in Christ and the, and the people just even in our own parishes who are in need I think that would just bring about a real transformation in the church The second reading is from the first letter of John, chapter 5, verses 1 to 6. Beloved, everyone who believes that Jesus Christ is begotten by God, and everyone who loves the Father, loves also the one begotten by him. In this way we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. For the love of God is this, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For whoever is begotten by God conquers the world. And the victory that conquers the world is our faith. Who indeed is the victor over the world but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is the one who came through water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not by water alone, but by water and blood. The Spirit is the one that testifies, and the Spirit is truth. This is just an amazing letter. I, I really need to read, just like sit and read the letters of John because every passage I read from them, especially the first John, is just absolutely gorgeous. Um, and he focuses a lot around this theme of love and light. Those are John's two big things in his gospel, especially light. Um, and his letters, he talks a lot about love and that um, if we love um, the Father, then we love the Son. Everyone who loves the Father also loves the one begotten by Him. Um, but also he's saying that, that we are the begotten children of God, and that's really important because begotten means created by. Like It's this very personal word. And yes, we know that Jesus is the only begotten Son of God, but in a way, John's saying, through our adoption as, as children of God the Father, we too are in a way you know, begotten by Him. Um, and so he says, 
the way to know that and the way to love others properly as begotten children of God is to do what? Follow the commandments. Following the commandments of Jesus, one of which is to love others, right? The way that he loves us. Um, I love this line. He says that the commandments are not burdensome. The commandments are not burdensome. And I think sometimes we can see the Ten Commandments as these huge burdens that we have to carry around and follow. And isn't this so annoying that I can't do this and can't do that because the rules say I can't. Um, And if that's our interpretation, then we're just totally missing the point of the Ten Commandments. They're not meant to give us this burden. They're not meant to be this thing that we have to do. And it's so oppressive. The Ten Commandments really teach us how to love God as we ought and how to love others and ourselves as we ought. There's nothing on there that is like, oh my gosh, I can't believe God would demand that of me. All the commandments are are really common sense and, and really just basic morality. You know, don't kill, don't steal, don't lie. These are all basic things that I would say even a non-Christian knows instinctually, yet God you know, in his goodness, makes it extremely clear for us because we can be so stubborn and we do things, need things kind of spelled out in black and white sometimes. So anyway, I think it's important for us to remember that the commandments are not meant to be a burden. And if we are viewing them that way, then, then I think we need to re-examine why are they feeling like a burden instead of, you know, these beautiful guidelines that help us love others properly. I love it at the end of this uh, letter that John emphasizes the importance of this covenant that Jesus made for us, that his, this covenant Jesus makes is not just symbolic, not just through his baptism, but through blood. This is a blood covenant, a covenant that is sealed with blood, which all Old Testament covenants had to be sealed with blood and animal sacrifice, right? Um, But Jesus sacrifices himself making him the ultimate sacrifice because he's perfect. He's the perfect human. There's no other sacrifice that could ever top that. The gospel this week is from John chapter 20, verses 19 to 31. On the evening of that first day of the week, When the doors were locked, where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. Thomas called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples said to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the marks of the nails in his hands, and put my finger into the nail marks, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now a week later his disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, although the doors were locked, and said, and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and bring your hand and put it into my side. 
and do not be unbelieving, but believe. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you come to believe because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. But these are written that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that through this belief you may have life in his name. So we, uh, we read this passage last year as well for Divine Mercy Sunday. It's, it's always the same no matter, what, uh, no matter what liturgical year it is. But isn't it still good? <laughs> you know, we hear it every year, but it's it's always so striking. So many pieces of this, how the Lord um, emphasizes so many different times peace. He he grants them this deep peace, and the word is shalom, which is this deep peace that surpasses all understanding. That is is not just a, you know when we're we're in church and we're like peace be with you, peace be with you. We say it so passively. But it's, it really is a, a prayer of, I wish you total peace of heart and mind. Um, a, a, a perm- it's, it's like not just like this passing, um, you know, salutation that we treat it as in church. It really has significant meaning. So Jesus does not say it in passing. I'm realizing here that Thomas misses <laughs> Pentecost. He's not there. He doesn't receive the Holy Spirit. And I'm sure, he, you know, he did. And the Lord granted him the, the grace of having the Holy Spirit within him. But what a bummer to miss out on this event. And of course, uh, this is, you know, this event is recounted, you know, slightly differently in Acts. But the, the message is is pretty much the same of, of Jesus sending, you know, giving the apostles the Holy Spirit. And, um, so Tom's, Thomas is probably present in that, uh, account of Pentecost, but I'm just thinking, oh darn, is this, he walked back in and everyone's all filled with the Holy Spirit and is probably speaking in tongues and, and he's just like, oh my gosh, (laughs) what did I miss? I just went out to get some food or something like that. Uh, so that's just funny to me. Uh, and this is a really important, obviously, Jesus gives them the Holy Spirit, but he gives them the power, not the power, but rather the authority of the sacrament of reconciliation. We see it established right here in this very verse. Whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, whose sins you retain are retained. So he gives them the authority to forgive sins, but of course, in his name. They don't have the authority. It comes from the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus takes Thomas' request quite literally, right? Because Thomas says, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, put my finger into the nail marks and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. So it's not enough for Thomas to just see a vision of Jesus. He needs to, to touch Jesus's body to know it's real. And so Jesus says, all right, Thomas, get in here, put your finger here and see my hands and put your hand into my side. And I'm wondering if Thomas maybe regretted his words because I don't think I would want to put my hand into Jesus's open wound in the side of his body, not just because it's kind of icky, but Jesus is too amazing for me to stick my, you know, dirty hand in the side of his 
his open wounds, right? Um, but he says something really important here. Blessed are those who have not seen him and have believed. And that's all of us. That's all of us listening to this. We're the ones that have never seen Jesus in person. And yet we we believe or we're trying to believe, right? I, I know I'm not always the perfect believer. I have moments of real doubt. And there are so many of us that struggle with that. And maybe you don't. And that's fantastic. Uh, but I know I do. So I'm, I'm trying. And I think Jesus counts us in that. The ones that have not seen and are trying really hard to believe. And believe even when there's moments of doubts. So my challenge for you this week, I think, is to go back to the second reading. Maybe just spend a day or two to sit with the first letter of John and read the whole thing. Because it's just really so beautiful. And it's a good way for us to learn more about the love of God because that's uh, a lot of what John writes about in that letter. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. Please be sure to subscribe to the show so that you never miss an episode. And it would be awesome if you could give us a good rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. Those ratings help us get this message of the gospel out to as many people as possible. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at A Shower of Roses and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash A Shower of Roses podcast. You can also check out A Shower of Roses podcast.com for more information about the show or to send us an email or feedback. We'll see you back here next Wednesday. God bless you and have a great week. Your word as you can.